0: Alright, it's your boy Hayes. Um, what's going on people? Hopefully everyone's weekend and week was good. It was my birthday. I celebrated my 33rd birthday last week. Uh, how rude of me. For any first time listeners, I'm your host CEO Hayes and this is The Awakened Soul podcast. At the start, you can go ahead and follow the podcast at Awaken Soul or at The Awakened Soul, just depending on where you're looking for us at. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes, that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. But yeah, it was my birthday. I turned 33. It was a it was it was a real nigga's birthday. One of my uh one of my favorite artists, Cassius Keys, actually dropped an album on my birthday. So that was just that was one of the best birthday presents I got. So uh, I want to know everyone else's week, though. Uh, hopefully you guys had a good one uh, on this week's show. We're actually going to be talking about. Taking responsibility not only for your successes, but your failures. Uh stop removing yourself from responsibility of the failures. We'll often, you know, remove ourselves from responsibility. Just talk about what the other party, the situation, the job, whatever. We'll get into that. Um, so it's just another, hopefully insightful. You guys find it an insightful episode of the Awakened Soul. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, get into the end of the mind of hay segment any first time listeners that's where i get my shit off that's my dark and twisted crazy ass mind uh we're gonna get into our intro music and i'll see you guys there
1: the following is a breaks media podcast
2: you are now listening to the best podcast in the world the awakened soul hosted by my dad
0: dark and twisted crazy ass mind this week first thing that i want to talk about is this motherfucker george zimmerman suing the parents of trayvon martin and you know some of the lawyers and everything there was actually a a, a film or i don't know if it's a documentary it's called the uh trayvon martin hoax in which they talk about like a lot of the testimony and everything uh was, was known to be false and that they use that uh in the case and uh george zimmerman has used that now as like a platform to jump off of and and uh do this this suit where he's suing the parents and you know we it's sickening let's just be real it's sickening the fact that he won't just leave these people alone George Zimmerman pops up every year or so and does something crazy and it's its just it's a steady steady stream of just foolishness from this dude and it's like why 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 is he still allowed to do this why is he allow, allowed to, st- to steady victimize this family in one way or another like they haven't even had a chance to heal and it's been what six years because this motherfucker keeps doing shit he keeps using this situation and he, he, he knows what he's doing. He's using it as a as a ability to make money because he knows he's going to go on another tour or whatever and, and interviews and questions. And I'm sure he's charging for it. And George Zimmerman, as much as he's a fucking scum of the earth, he's not an idiot. He's not an idiot. This dude is like doing these things and we know why he's doing it. And it's sickening. And, yeah, I, I, I you know, that's definitely the first thing on my mind. So I had to talk about that first. Um, but to come off that, like what the actual prepared topic for this week's In the Mind of Hayes segment. Is actually an interesting study. Um, This one was done by the Journal of Science Advances, and it actually found a link between police shootings of unarmed black men and the health of of black babies. So, pregnant women who lived near uh, the site of of an officer involved fatality uh, had their baby sooner. Their babies uh, were smaller, considerably smaller, had uh, lower birth rates and a much higher risk factor. And that talks about the stress. And I think often we, we think about this situation in which black men or black people are shot. And we don't think about the stress and the form of PTSD that it causes for the people around it. And when you think about how our women already carry so much of a burden and imagine being a woman pregnant with a pregnant, even if you don't know if you're having a boy or girl yet, or much less knowing you're giving birth to uh, someone who's going to grow up to be a black man. And you're seeing this and how that affects your stress and then affects the health of your baby. And so uh, this actually was done by uh, by someone who graduated from Harvard. Uh, Joshua Ligui I believe it's how you pronounce the last name. I don't know how I keep getting these uh weird last names that I don't know how to pronounce. Um but they looked exclusively in this case at nearly 2000 police shootings um in California and the 3.9 million birth records from 2000 2007 to 2016. So yes, it's a it's a small like area. It is a, a, a confined study in you know, so I, I do want to be transparent with that, um, but it compared the health disparities between black and white babies. And then they broke it down further to look at the area uh, where a police shooting of an un- unarmed black man had happened. So it, it, it that I just found that so, so crazy. If a black man, uh, if a black person was killed within a kilometer of the, of the black woman's home during the first or second trimester her infant's birth weight was significantly lo- significantly lower compared to black mothers who were not exposed to such events the difference was it ranged from 50 to more than 80 grams um, depending on how far the pregnancy was at the time of killing uh, no link was found in the in the third trimester at all so this is specifically by people who are in the first or second trimester. Uh, during the um, during a situation in which an unarmed black shooting happened. It's just a wild study to, to think about how that is is affecting the health of black children. Um, and it, there goes that generational um, uh, trauma and how that's passed down. Like when you look at like something like imagine if you're one of these black children who were born and you're born with like birth defects or you're born born underweight and, and unhealthy. And it's because your mo- your mother's stressing out because of a, of black shootings around you. And that's something that you weren't even alive to really be affected by directly. It's just an interesting study. And I like bringing things like this to the podcast because it causes us to think it causes us to look at things a little bit differently. Um, so yeah, let me know what you guys think about this study. It, it, it's, that is an extremely interesting study. It's it's crazy really it's just it makes you wow and it makes your jaw drop um but to move on from that another thing that i do want to mention during this in the mind hey segment before we uh go into our break in the discussion topic for this week is juice world only 21 died of a seizure in chicago and uh, not many details have come out like of course it hasn't been an autopsy or anything yet but the loss of young life and we keep losing we lo- we lost xxx Nation. uh Just what a year ago, and you know we're we're losing a lot of young people in this generation, and we we lost Mac Miller as well, and all of this like this this youth, this people that are so young that have barely scratched the surface. You would think of what they can ultimately be and become. Passing away is just depressing. Like it take the music away out of it, take everything out out of way. It's just it's just sad the loss of life, and you know we just talked about police shootings, but we're losing people from God knows what as well, and. It just makes you more appreciative. Like I just had my 33rd birthday and it just makes you more appreciative of of the time that we have here because you never know. And I don't mean to get all, oh, I know that it's, it's like, that's what people do. You never know how much time you have and all, uh, and all that, but. It's true. And the older that I get, the more you really take back and look at it, look at things like, damn, the fact that I've made it this far and the people around me, like I, I know personally, like these people that I've grown up for school with school. I, my best, one of my closest friends uh, growing up, Dewan lost his sister, like just a few years after we got out of high school. Um, someone that I grew up with in Germany, uh, Dwayne died as well. Uh, and I, Jeff, who's somebody I was close with too, like he, he passed away. And th- th- this was all before I turned 30. And like the fact that like the people so many people that i've known directly have passed away um so young and then you look at like that on a bigger scale of like people around the world doing it it just it it really puts you in i would hope that it puts most of us in a reflective mind space i know that it puts me in one and you know i'm I'm glad that i get to do things like this i'm glad that i get to have the awakened soul that i get to leave like things that that if god forbid anything does happen then it's kind of a legacy so to say um and in my thought processes in my growth and everything that I try to do with this podcast that at least that I'll leave this behind. Um, but that I'm, I'm getting fucking morbid. I don't I don't mean to do that. Um, we're going to go ahead. Um, but yeah, uh, rest in peace to Juice World and his family and everyone affected by it. Um, so, yeah, uh, I do want to say that before we we ended this in the Mind of Hayes segment. We're going to go ahead. We're going to our break. When we come back after that, we are going to be talking about taking responsibility for your failures, which is the discussion topic for this week. I'll see you guys there.
3: I'm glad you look beyond my foe
1: And you saw every one of my needs Since the day you saved my soul
0: All right. So as teased, um, this week's discussion topic is actually about taking responsibility, not for your successes, which it's kind of easy to take responsibility for those we're going to be more so focused on taking responsibility for your failures and how that can help you grow um, as a person. And so over the course of this discussion topic this week, I'll be cutting in other podcasters and them telling their stories about when they turned a failure into a success. But before we get into any of those, um, we're going to first kind of I guess to to set the stage for while we're while we're talking about this, is I think often us as people will look at something that we felt or something that went negative or something that went wrong, and the first thing, the easiest thing to do is look at the circumstances or look at basically everything but you. We'll take we'll we'll blame our cars, we'll blame um, random people, we'll blame our significant others, we'll blame our bosses, we'll blame everyone but ourselves on why. We failed. And when we do that, we're also missing out on opportunities, in my opinion, to grow. So I'm just going to kind of tell a story before we start this. And this is kind of set the stage for where we're going with this conversation is that there was once a monk who would carry a mirror mirror everywhere that they went. Another monk would see this and say that monk is so preoccupied with themselves that that uh, and that's why they're carrying around the mirror all the time. So that priest, eventually he's talking to the other monks and everything, and he's like, well, I'm going to go ask him. I'm going to ask him. And so he went and asked, "Uh, brother, why do you always carry that mirror? And the monk pulled out the mirror and said, I use it in times of trouble. I look into it and it shows me the source of my problems as well as the solution for my problems. And this is why you guys need to look at yourself. Well, not you guys. This is why we as people should look at ourselves when we're when we're. Talking about our failure, the accept the ability to accept failure is actually a strength, and it it's it is in that strength is that that's how we grow. That's how we can succeed ultimately. When you look at failure, there's usually two reasons why you fail: either you didn't you didn't give your best, or the people things that you blame for your failure were actually hurdles that you didn't overcome. And to kind of bring that home is that there is, um, for example, perfect example. If when a relationship fails or we put all our thoughts and hopes and dreams into this person that we hope we're going to end up being in a relationship with and then when it fails we'll sit there and you, we'll blame the other person but where was it that where was your account, accountability where did you sit there and realize that you gave your time and you put all this hopes and dreams of relationship into someone who didn't give you anything but show interest in anything but you physically like, you, like you'll see that like the, like these women are, and men uh, the, the, will we'll often like off of um potential we'll sit there and and we'll see the potential in someone or we'll see that we someone that we like or someone that we're feeling and then we'll put all our eggs into that basket of this oh well, I want this to develop into this want this to develop into this this motherfucker hasn't shown any interest in you other than what you offer physically and sexually and you're sitting here mentally building your whole mind around the 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 prospects of this relationship working out, and then then you then you'll get on uh you'll react and get on social media, and it'll be all about well this motherfucker did this, this motherfucker did that, and you won't sit back and think and realize that you put your time and you put your time and you put more effort into somebody that they ultimately even showed that they were interested in with uh in you with, and then because of that now now you're blaming now you now now you're pointing the finger, and really this person showed you who they were and what they wanted. Have they asked about your goals and dreams? No. Have they ever even said that they wanted something serious with you? No. And even if they said that it's a potential, that's another thing. It was a potential. That doesn't mean that they are now. If people haven't given you a commitment, who are you then to get mad at or whatever choice that they make? It's irrational. And you're putting the failure of that of that potential relationship because it ultimately didn't go where you wanted it or thought that it would go. You're putting the failure on that other person when really it was your own expectations and your own mindset and that that caused that to be what it was. It caused you to feel like it was a failure. Like if, when you when you put yourself in a lifetime of avoidance of accepting the responsibility for the things that are crashing around you, you really have nobody to blame for that but you. You have to sit there and take the the take the good with the bad you have to when you when you sit there and fail I, I, I always say nothing is ever truly a l or a loss if you learn and grow from it but you're so busy sitting around blaming other motherfuckers and blaming everything else other than to look at what in you put you in the situation to where it could have failed and that's not to say that that people around you don't do don't do fuck shit and people around you won't try to take advantage of you nobody's saying that those situations don't exist but what in you like you and yes you can you can hold them accountable for their actions but ultimately if you're still allowing that to hurt you that failure that that inability to move on is ultimately on you closure isn't always going to come sometimes you have to give closure to yourself and we sit back and look so much about what it could have should is that we are not giving ourselves the ability or the chance to really move and grow from something in my opinion when you when you deny culpability you're robbing yourself of a chance to learn from your mistakes and when you condemn others, you're just putting yourself in a lifetime of avoidance. Like, and, and, and people will do this repeatedly and keep this cycle going on for years and years and years rather than take responsibility and look at themselves for what, what they're doing to, to, to cause that. Like a failure is only really an opportunity for growth. Like we have to, failure is one of the things that no matter where you are, your current place in life, no matter what status you are, we all are going to deal with failure because that's what helps us grow. There's not a single person on this map. I mean, well, on this planet that can sit there and tell you I did not fail. And if they're telling you that they're bullshitting you like, yeah, failure is failure sucks. It's the the word itself is unpleasant. Like when you hear failure, at least if you if you're really trying to be successful, when you just hear the word failure, it it, it resonates with you. It makes you feel something and elicits a response. You know why? Because that's just a reality that we all go through. Is we all go through failure. Every every uh, entrepreneur you look at, every fucking religious leader... I guess I shouldn't have cussed when I said religious leader politicians your favorite artist your rapper your singer everyone is dealing with with a sense of failure it's just a reality of being human that we're all going to fail that's just one of the 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 truths that are going to always hold and always and and apply to everyone every single one of us has failed so why is it that we can't take responsibility for our own failures we're going to get into that Uh, we're actually going to take a uh, break we're going to hear a story from uh, one of my co-hosts on the breaks radio Baylor the Great and I'll be right back after this
4: what up, y'all? It's your boy, BTG. BTG for President, Open Run with BTG, a part of the Rare Sinus Network. I made a few mistakes in my life. One of those mistakes was trying to deal with my the death of my parents in a different way. Um, and, the, and the reason why I say it was an, a mistake on how I dealt with my parents' death is because that led me to act out of character, which led to me stepping out of my marriage, having an affair with a different woman and potentially crumbling my whole empire. Uh, One thing that people need to understand about marriage is that you have to make a sacrifice, but the one thing that they never bring up is sacrificing your ego. And my ego, my selfishness almost caused me to destroy my whole empire that I built. And what people need to understand is I don't like to pass out advice, you know, because everybody's journey relationship and marriage is different you have to figure it out as you go you don't have to really pay attention to anybody else's marriage or relationship to understand how to get this done i myself feel like you start to brick by brick boulder by boulder rock by rock you build your empire from the ground up with that person it's on you Is on you to put trust in that other person and to be trusted to start building that empire from the ground up. That foundation has to be has to be strong, has to be sturdy. And I had to learn how to put my ego to the side before, during and currently to realize that what I'm building is something powerful and it's for my kids. And that almost came to a halt, almost came crumbling down from the from the selfish, egotistic mistake that I made four or five years ago. Uh, Since then, me and my wife we have a lot of what we call a jacuzzi meetings, uh, and we sit up there and we break down everything. We talk about our attitudes. We talk about uh, being stubborn during times where we have our differences and things like that. I, I, the old cliche of not going to, be, uh, going to bed upset. We don't really live by that because sometimes we're human. Sometimes we do go to bed upset, but I make sure I don't I don't let it last too long, you know, maybe a day. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a day, you know, probably the next day I would sit up there and call. And even if I felt like she was still wrong, I would apologize. And not only that, I had to prove myself from the mistake that I did make in my marriage. And it's something that I have to continue to do for the rest of my life. This is what I signed up for. Uh, We've been together for 11 years. We've been married for eight and we're working on nine and we plan on working on plenty more after that. So yeah, that mistake turned into a blessing because it made us stronger and made us be more transparent, more open and more honest with each other. And it also built a whole level of trust. So yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's my personal story. Again, it's your boy BTG, BTG for president, open role with BTG, a part of the Rare Sounders Network. Holla.
0: All right. I want to, first off, I want to thank Baylor for sharing that story. Um, when Baylor sent me that, it was it was deep to listen to because I I didn't know, and as much as I work with Baylor, I had never heard that story. He had never shared that. And then when I uh, messaged him, I was like, "Damn, bro, this is deep." Baylor said, "This is, that's actually exclusive," and I and you know I, I rock with your platform, so I felt I felt comfortable giving that to you. That was his first time ever talking about it publicly. And when you think about what he how he owned up to it, like he talked about it of about it in the sense of building your empire, and he made that mistake and ultimately he took that failure he he looked at it and he could have easily blamed whatever was going on in his relationship or whatever was lacking in his marriage and said well this is why I did what I did this if once this is fixed we're we're going to get better but he didn't he looked at it as him at him and how he can rebuild and how he can uh what he need to do to rebuild trust and that's that's where accepting your failure is now i mean hopefully they're stronger and like in what he said in this thing it seems like they're even have an even stronger bond because of it and just imagine how if if he would have pointed that finger for that failure how that could have changed his whole empire his whole family like everything that he has going on Baylor is one of the most inspiring brothers around um and so I'm I'm just I'm happy to have Baylor in my life and happy to have you know me be able to work with him on a regular basis like I do um But that's just one of the stories of how you can turn a failure into something so much more um, and and end up coming out of it on top, really. And so uh, like in that, it kind of highlights what overall my thought was, is that it's how you handle your failure, how you handle your failure is more important than how you handle your successes in life because it's easy to ride the wave of success. It's easy to ride the wave of good feelings. It's easy to ride the wave of just, just positivity. But if you don't, if you sit there and you ignore your failures, you're showing your inability to grow. Once you start building that habit of taking responsibility for your failures and looking at you where things fail at, you'll start seeing like how thing like you, things will, br- will come off you. Like you'll, you'll, you'll never I mean I say you'll never make the same mistake twice but you'll learn from that mistake and you'll be able to better handle it the next time it comes up but especially like I said in relationships and business we always we we tend to look at these things like it's it's my boss's fault it's the other person's fault what the fuck are you doing either to welcome this this craziness around you if you're going to blame everyone else you still have to take responsibility that you are keep allowing those same people in your space and what in you is is sitting there attra- uh, attracting these people are you not not being able to discern the intentions of the people around you that's how you can learn from a failure in that case like i said it's not abstaining anyone else from their actions and if they do fucked up shit but it's how you're going to choose to grow from it and so we're going to get into another um recording and this one's from someone who i've i've gotten uh closer and closer with this is uh gail check out her podcast we're gonna go ahead and get into that one now
1: So it was 2017. I had been working in what I thought was my dream job for about three years at that point. I was ecstatic making six figures and um, being C-suite adjacent. And um, yeah, suddenly the rug was pulled from under me and that began the culmination of (laughs) of what I would deem was a succession of failures. I was laid off from my job and um, the ensemble podcast that I was a part of at that time fell apart. Um, I was in a tumultuous relationship that came to an abrupt end at that point. And I furthermore had lost one of my best friends, not through anything tragic, but we just kind of fell apart. And I wasn't really sure how I was going to recover from any of those things because it, it just was a succession, like happening one after the other, after the other. And um, I was living in a city where I was by and large by myself. I didn't have any family there. And so I kind of had to, you know, figure out what was going to be the next step for me. And after much thought and prayer and stillness, I actually decided to join another ensemble podcast, which I later found out that I was not a part of after they had posted their first episode and I wasn't a part of it. So (laughs) with that said, um, I definitely had to kind of decide at what point in my life was independence going to actually be a choice for me? And was I going to let these series of failures define who I was? Was this going to be my story? And, um, yeah, I decided to just pray about it, and I gave birth to a Seat at the Table podcast, which for me has been one of the biggest successes in my life, not because of the any sort of critical acclaim that it's garnered or anything, the amount of listeners that I had or anything like that, but because there was a level of independence that I had achieved by striking out and doing this on my own. I didn't know the first thing about doing a solo podcast. I had no idea about recording and the technicalities behind it. And um, I just figured that, you know what, people would help me along the way. And whatever I didn't know, I could learn. And so, yeah, those failures could have defined me as a person, but instead I used those failures to fuel um, the creative source within me. And um, yeah, that is how I started my podcast. And that is how I would dare to say that I have found success in finding a deeper level of consciousness and mindfulness for myself. And a deeper level of independence and accountability and responsibility as it pertains to defining one's own standards of success and um, all of those failures that happened probably are some of the best things that have happened to me in my entire 40 years. So I'm really thankful for them because without those things, I don't think that I would be in the place that I am spiritually and emotionally today, which to me, there is no bigger success than being able to truly feel a sense of independence and pride in who you are and what you're doing. So, yeah
0: okay and so coming back um uh, failure is not it doesn't prove your inability or you not being capable it's a it's an opportunity to learn really when it when it all comes down to it that's what that's what what it is and i you know i've said before stop removing yourself from responsibility people sit there and we sit there and often we'll sit there and look at something and we'll look at something that falls down around us and we're just we we talk about it in the sense of like i had no control over it like this is this is what they did this is xyz Unless you're you're sitting there with a, a a gun to your head, whatever choice you made is yours. And if it, and if, a, if a failure ultimately comes from it, you have to eat that. You have to own up to that. Um, but we're gonna get into we're, we're winding down now. We're gonna get into. What I uh, like to say of ways that we can overcome and start taking responsibility for our failures. I know I got, had you guys a list on the episode before last and uh, fan faith. And I I know Pastor Hayes gets on my shit sometimes, but um, this is what we're going to do. Uh, so we're going to go over these five steps on how you can now you can learn start learning to take responsibility for your failures, but not only take responsibility for the failures themselves, but grow from it. The first step is to own it. Accept responsibility. That's what we're talking about. No one. And I'll repeat, no one likes to like to hear blame or excuses. It's critical to own your own mistakes. No whining, no justification, no excuses, no rationalizing. None of it's beneficial to where you want to go. You messed up. Whatever level you messed up on, you messed up. You chose and you you chose to act poorly or you did an action that, that had a poor result. You must take personal responsibility. You cannot change circumstances, the seasons or the wind, but you can change yourself. First is to admit it. Admitting where you could go, you could have done something different at, or done something better. It's a it has a cleansing effect on your psyche, on your soul, and just on the whole situation itself. You have to be brave enough to own up to to your part in the failure, your responsibility in the failure. Second step, fix it or make amends. You can't unring a bell, so to say. But, you know, the saying what's done is done. And yes, that's true. But you can make amends to it. whether that means, again, closure doesn't always come the way that we try to see closure. So when you when I mean make amends, sometimes you have to just make amends with yourself of the fact that you did it. You fucked up that relationship, that job, whatever. It's gone now. It's no salvaging it. You have to you have to amend, make amends now with for the other party. If an other party was was affected, don't always look like sometimes we look at, at making amends or, or having closure off of what we get to. So we'll come to the person that we wronged and say, you know, I was wrong for X, Y, Z. And what we're really looking for is either for them to say, all right, it's cool. You know, I'm going uh, to they, they like they can absolve us from the mistake that we made and then we can move on with our conscience, sometimes that amends doesn't come that way. You you, you can't tell someone else how to heal. So sometimes you have to just own up to it, what you said before. Sometimes you have to apologize or try to mend the the bridge you, the best you can and then deal with the fallout. If that friendship, if that relationship, if that job is completely burnt off forever, you have to now rectify that in your head. But at least you've tried to make amends for the action that you did. And again, sometimes that amends is is... It's not direct. Direct amends is when we can make amends with that person and we can fix that relationship indirectly sometimes it's fixing it's just fixing in yourself and noticing the action that you did and rectifying that in yourself that way that next relationship that you get into that next job offer that you get into the next position that you get into you're not bringing in that same baggage and those same mistakes and failures that you did from the, the previous situation so make amends fix it is, is the second one. Third, take it and by take it i mean take the high road sometimes the sometimes it's not about trying to get back at a party that did you we will often Get so caught up in trying to get, like try to get back under like I hate I've always had this thing. I hate pettiness in a way because I think that pettiness really is just it sucks and it's not it's not it's not conducive to anything for any of us. That's just my opinion on pettiness, but I think we get so caught up in you know, like responding in kind sometimes. If we feel like somebody wronged us, we got to wrong them back, or oh, how many times do we have the idea of, oh no, who they talking to? And I get that to a certain degree, you should you 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 should stand up for yourself. But sometimes you do have to just take the high road. Sometimes you have to see what people are doing around you, or see the shots that the people are throwing at you, and just be like, ah, oh, well, it's, it's it, it, you can't touch me. And for those who know who who know know like it like I've been in situations like that also. Sometimes you just have to take the high road. And that's the that's the difficult path for, for many of us. Sometimes it's taking that high road because we we look at, at people like, oh, no, who, who they, they, they're not going to do that to me. And sometimes people look for how you respond to look to judge how the situation is. Ultimately, if people see that someone is being snide towards you, someone's throwing shots at you, someone's you know saying little stuff and they see that it's not affecting you then ultimately people are can only give it so much attention. The people around you can only give it so much attention if you're not giving it attention yourself. So sometimes you have to take it. And by that, I mean, take the situation. You have to own that situation. The high road, you can take that. The narrative, you can take that. But sometimes we have to step above circumstances to see what's truly critical for restoration to take place in us. Take it. Fourth step, expect it. Make a plan for the next time. And this is where it's critical to really be able to look at your failure and see your place in your failure because you can't make a plan all the time for other people because other people are unpredictable. You, you no, no matter how well you know someone, you don't always know how they're going to respond, how they're going to react or the steps that they're going to do or, or, or take. So because of that, all you can really do is make a plan for yourself and your actions the next time something comes up. And to make a plan for that, to make a plan for the failure, you have to look at, again, you have to be real with yourself over your place in in the action and then make a plan for that. So the to go back to what we were talking about before. If we're talking about you like taking the high road or you know that you have the tendency to have to clap back at people, you have to make a plan for that. So the next time you get that feeling to clap back, okay, next time this feeling comes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit back, I'm going to take a couple of minutes and then I'm going to react XYZ way. You have to make a plan. We we often sit there and think, "Oh, right, we're going to do this or we're going to do that or, you know, I next time this happens, I'm like if you're not actually making a plan and putting steps and processes in place to help you the next time a failure comes or to help you get better and grow from something, a mistake that you made, then it's pointless. Well, you're not, you're not doing anything. You're not sitting there talking about anything. You have to make a plan and expect shit to happen. Expect yourself that you're going to fail. Expect that you're going to have moments of wanting to do XYZ. If you're known a uh, known historically cheater and that that, that's your weakness is is the flesh you have to expect that that temptation is going to come and you have to make a plan for how you're going to deal with it so you're not you don't keep destroying the people around you you have to make a plan for it last topic number five know it you're human many people fail to, to move past their mistakes and move forward with hope it's not because the people around them won't forgive them or because people won't forget but it's it's because they refuse to move beyond their failure. And that's why that's also part of, of response. Like when I say take responsibility for it, I don't mean sit in that failure. Like we'll sit there and we'll we'll sob and we'll feel sorrowful. and We'll do all these things just being sorry for ourselves. And we, we're not giving our, oppo- our ch- ourselves a chance to move beyond the failure. We're stuck in this failure mode. And then that's when depression and everything comes over you because we can't move on. We're not allowing ourselves the ability to move on. Realize that you are human. You are going to fuck up everything isn't everyone's fault because just like those people are human, we're human as well. And I think that, you know, you, you see the people who sit back with resentment over how they were raised and stuff with their parents for so, so long. And they forget often that their parents were just humans, fucked up people trying to make it work just like we are every day. And then they sit there and they're, they're just stuck in that mindset for so long that they never let go of the things that their parents did to them. They never let go of not being able to have that big will. Your parents were dealing with failure just like we're, we're dealing with failure. You have to accept the fact that you're human and that you're going to fuck up and you have to give yourself a break sometimes. That doesn't mean not take a responsibility. That just means to say, yeah, I fucked up here. I'm not going to sit in, in, this, in this place of failure. I'm going to do better. You're not going to be perfect. None of us are. And if you expect perfection out of you, your, you, the people around you, your kids, your loved ones, your spouse, then you're just going to be set up for a life of, of failure and, and disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. We're human. You have to know that and know that you can come back of it. The uh, comeback is way better than having success the first time around look at any story that's ever told there's always a redemptive art failure is our chance of continual redemption that's it that's it that's that's the five steps that i have on how we can get better we got one more story that we're going to share uh we're going to get into that one and i'll catch you guys after this
2: hey guys it's alicia nicole here and Everyone knows me as a hustle mom. I was asked to talk about some of my failures in business. I was learning everything in trial and error, doing it myself. I knew how I wanted things to look, so I needed to do it myself. I had tried plenty of times to try and give some of those responsibilities and duties to others. They failed me. I didn't like it. I had to take over. And my VP finally sat me down after so many years and said, Alicia, it is time. You cannot be every single thing in the business now. The business is doing okay. It is time for you to delegate tasks to other people. Well, what do I do? I listen to my VP because she's pretty much my boss at the end of the day. Although it is my business, I listen to her. I trust her. She knows what it is that I want and how I want it to look. She is my second mind is what I call her so she knows if something's going to be you know eligible for the for the green light i should say she told me that it was time for me to to now hire somebody to do the business taxes and i'm just like i don't know i feel like i should do it she's like no it's time hire somebody okay hire this person comes highly well recommended a mutual friend who used this person before used this business before i use them i give them everything that you need pretty much doing all the footwork for them because i didn't want it to mess up we're talking down to the spelling of my name address year how to spell the business name all of the people in in the business etc like you don't have to worry about anything all you have to do is file it put the numbers in file it right on time that's it i check up on this person Couple weeks before it's time to file. Oh, Alicia, everything is great. Thank you. You, you know, I wish all my clients would set me up like this. It has been placed in. We're all good to go. Perfect. Okay. So I'm thinking to myself, woo, one less thing for me to worry about. I can, can, I can concentrate on something else. I get a letter in the mail in August to the owner of the nonprofit. You have not filed your taxes in three consecutive years. We are going to revoke your status. I'm sorry. What? No, I paid somebody for all three years to get it done. Well, it had not been done. I addressed this person of the issue. We went back and forth for about a good month or so, telling me that he did, provided me everything. We called, contacted the IRS. I am flaming because I'm cussing myself out, saying, Alicia, you should have just did it yourself. You should have just did it yourself. And I didn't. So now I'm faced with an unnecessary issue that I now have to handle, which could possibly turn into me paying a fine or paying a fine and never getting my status back. That's another thing that I was dealing with so I was stressed out about it I was angry everybody was getting on my nerves I couldn't concentrate well it was it got really bad towards the end of the year um, we go through a shutdown process and we were unable to get down there and get some things rectified like we wanted them to or like the company wanted to um and then he just kind of went ghost so after reaching out and reaching out I'm hood y'all so I popped up on him and after ducking my calls for so long, I popped up on them. Oh, you know, at least we're gonna get this rectified, etc. That's what I thought. Let's get it together. Nothing happened. I then decided that I was going to take legal action. This is a business and I can't do things streetway. So what am I doing? Taking responsibilities of my own faults. I sent out an email CCing my VP and my business. Uh, brand manager at the time letting them know these are the actions that i'm going to take place here's a timeline of what happened the amount paid and what's going to happen if you do not correspond back with me by x amount of days that went i had a quick meeting with my vp and um brand uh manager and he was like alicia do what needs to be done Then I had another person telling me, is it really worth it? The business didn't make a lot of money and you can just chalk it and become an independent contractor. That's not what I wanted to hear. I did, however, take the independent contractor piece to mind, got that situated. So I was able to continue on with my business, which was a hurry up quick fix, which worked, but I still wanted to file. I felt like I worked really hard. I'm not going to let this person just destroy my business that I've built for the last four years off of something that I paid someone to do and him not take, him not take responsibility for it. So I filed my court hearing paperwork and I get awarded a date, I show up, he does not, judge automatic judgment to the plaintiff. He has three days to appeal. He appealed, we go back, same judgment to the plaintiff. Um, and I won my case. Not only did I win my case, I felt stronger in business. I felt like never, ever, ever again will I allow someone to not only disrespect me, but not show me the courtesy of me having a legitimate business because I don't make or, you know, I don't have a, rev- a revenue of X amount of dollars. Everybody has to start somewhere. And I felt disrespected. I felt a sense a little bit belittled um, in this whole process. I was extremely frustrated with myself and not being that anal Alicia that I am, checking up, hovering over people to make sure they're doing it right, double, triple, quadruple checking. I just was like, you know, here's a time that I should just let up. No, another lesson learned. I'm never gonna let up on somebody that's brand new, never. I'm probably not gonna let up on somebody that has been with me for quite some time. I may not be as hasty but I'm never letting up. One pair of eyes is great, two pair of eyes are superb to me. So, having said that, I had to realize that in this business, things are going to happen. How well am I going to be able to adapt to them, fix them, understand them, acknowledge them? I had to take full responsibility for not being as anal, I don't want to use the word anal, but not being as steadfast on what the, you know, what was happening in the business. I allowed myself to get a little bit too comfortable with letting somebody else handle such a crucial part of the business that was going to make or break me. And it broke me. Um, and it broke me something bad where I'm still to this day repairing. So when it comes to your failures in business at work, be sure that you're allowing yourself some room for mistakes if you're going in with the mindset that i know everything i can do it i don't require you know x y and z then you're going to automatically fail you're not listening to what can be changed you're not listening to what the business needs or the team needs you are going in as a mr or mrs know-it-all and that's not good and for me i had to stop that um i had to you know tap into some other people that was good in particular areas learn with them watch with them that way if anything happened i was able to to do it myself or know if somebody else was to come in to do and say nope that's not that's not how this go this i know (laughs) so being responsible for your failures is equally as responsible as being there front and center for your successes i had to jump in front of a failure handle it write down what i'm never going to allow to happen ever again and move forward i hope you guys are writing down all of the mistakes that you go through because that will help you in life no matter what um the failures are just as important as the successes
0: oh All right. So that was the hustle mom sharing her uh, situation and being uh, failing in business and how she learned from it, became a better leader ultimately from it. And that's all. That's what I wanted to get done with this is talk about accepting the responsibility for your failures at every facet, whether it be relationships, personal um, business, uh, your your passions like it. it, You have to accept that that responsibility for the failure And so you can be ultimately better and not fail again and not make those same mistakes when you can't, you know, I I said it already. When you can't accept those uh, those failures, you really can't expect to get better either. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, Thank you to the guests. Thank you to Baylor the Great from BTG for president. Um, Thank you to Gail from the Seat at the Table podcast. Thank you for Alicia, the hustle mom, like just. I appreciate um, them taking time out uh, because, you know, especially like that could have been content for their own podcast. And they gave it to me um, and and let me uh, be a part of their story as well and sharing it here. So I want to thank you guys for that. Um, But that's it. This has been another episode of The Awakened Soul. I'm your host, CEO Hayes. Again, I know I said it at the top of the show. Make sure you follow the podcast at Awakened Soul Pod or The Awakened Soul Pod. Uh, make sure you follow me as well At CEO Hayes That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E And check out all the podcasts For uh the contributors On this episode as well Make sure you check out Their podcasts And their platforms also Um, But that's it That's been another episode I love each and every one of you guys Peace
3: Money the mission Before the mission hey, We should I shot Ain't nobody missing They talking drip Yeah they talking Chris We talking drip We can flood the city Don't delegate Got nobody with me Come my team full of bosses Meet the commit. If I touch the state Need 150 my niggas Liddy and we get busy, stay on the grizzy, I feel like Diddy Roll the weed, I'm a puffer, she call me daddy, hit the packet for backies I'm rolling fatties, and she crazy, I'm talking white walls, no caddies I'm in the corners, I feel like back cause the way I've been ballin', nobody checkin' Feet on the couch, when I'm in the section, we callin' plays, never need direction They say they got shooters, we don't believe you we don't believe, say we don't believe. NBA back, boy, y'all niggas see through y'all niggas see you, y'all niggas Kindergarten see books, ain't hard to read you No, 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 yeah. Part my back, only way I'ma lead you Cause I don't do no friends Family enemies, lovers home me All my niggas brothers If 12 run up All my niggas numb We ain't never break bread Kinda make all the church Woo! Fuck you know about a bag, my nigga Lost a couple brothers, what you know about a tag, my nigga